When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Scott Haley, Director of Strategic Technology, and Gareth Fish, Technical Fellow at Luprizol, about the impacts of hybrid and electric vehicles on lubricants and graces. Let's take a listen now. All right, so just to sort of start the conversation off, um, how do you guys meet, have you seen electrification so far impact development or use of lubricants and greases in heavy-duty on- and off-highway vehicles and equipment? Well, it's an excellent question. Um, and depending on the perspective you take uh, on it, you could almost describe the development of lubricants uh, for electrified vehicles as being a natural evolution from what we've done in the past for conventional vehicles. So traditionally, uh, you know, hardware makers would design a vehicle uh, based on certain performance requirements, and those performance requirements would then create uh, some needs for the lubricant uh, to enhance the performance and enable the performance uh, and get the longevity and durability uh, out of the hardware uh, that the vehicle manufacturer wanted. That same theme continues into the electrified vehicle. Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a vehicle, now it's got an electric motor instead of an engine, um, but yet the remainder of the hardware on there, the drivetrain, you know, if it's using a transmission or an axle, uh, even though it's uh, electrically driven, that still creates a performance need that's gonna require a lubricant. And that lubricant is gonna need to, um, you know, optimize the performance, uh, it's going to enhance it. It's going to enable some of the um, uh, performance uh, of the equipment, um, always striving to get you know, the best efficiency and durability uh, out of that equipment. So from that perspective, it's, it's still kind of similar. The hardware has changed a little, but the need and importance of that lubricant uh, is, is, is still there. One of the things that I've seen is that uh, the weight of the battery, uh, how far range you want on the vehicle, um, is an influencing factor. So if you want a longer range, then you have to put a bigger battery in and batteries are extremely heavy. Um, a 250 kilowatt hour battery weighs about uh, 500 kilos. So if you want anything other than the very short range, then you have to add additional battery and that adds to the, to the weight of the vehicle. And that can be dealt with in one or two ways. They can reduce the overall payload, or they can have to uh, increase the things like the wheel bearings, their load carrying to support extra load, and that one may need to have uh, improved greases. And so what, if any, new requirements are being placed on lubricants and greases due to electrification or hybridization of vehicles? Yeah, so some of the performance requirements for the lubricant, if we think of maybe a, uh, an axle or a transmission lubricant in this context, uh, some of the performance parameters conceptually are very similar. So uh, protection of a gear, 
that was important before, and that is still important uh, going forward. Um, the speeds and loads on that gear might be different, and it might require a different style of chemistry to protect uh, under those conditions. But conceptually, you know, the, the, the durability and the protection of the gear sets uh, that's in that hardware uh, is, still, uh, is still there. What we start to see in addition to some of those traditional performance requirements uh, influenced by the electrification of the hardware are things like electrical properties. So maybe the fluid's conductivity. Um, and depending on the design of the transmission, you may want a higher or lower uh, conductivity uh, within your fluid. So having that match to the hardware uh, is important. Uh, also, uh, material compatibility. So again, the fluid has always needed to be uh, compatible with the materials that are used in the transmission or the axle. For example, the seals, the elastomeric materials. Uh, so that's always been something you paid attention to. But now there's some more unique materials uh, or, uh, that maybe haven't been used in the past, such as uh, polymeric uh, materials in, in order to try to make the, um, the, the, the units uh, lighter in weight. Uh, some of the insulations on the wires uh, that are in the transmissions. Um, just the, the magnitude of copper uh, that's used in the electric motors that are inside some of these devices. Um, copper's been there for quite a while. I mean, uh, passenger car transmissions have had uh, you know, electrical controls uh, within them since the 1990s. Um, but those might have been you know, uh, relatively small, physically small. Um, they might have been a five volt sensor, maybe a 12 volt power signal uh, going through those uh, electrical components. Um, but now you have a, a big, heavy electric motor with lots and lots of copper. It's operating in uh, you know, maybe a 600 volt uh, range. And that just creates some, some more interesting uh, compatibility uh, requirements for the fluid uh, when you're putting it into that kind of, a, um, kind of an environment. Uh, another thing that's kind of emerged um, are uh, thermal properties of the fluid. So uh, thermal management uh, has been an issue for vehicles since the first radiator was put on a car. You know, how do you deal with the heat that's generated uh, by the machinery? Um, so conceptually, that's always been there. Um, mm -hmm. But in the context of uh, an electrified vehicle, uh, there's even more attention uh, paid to that as you're trying to maintain the right uh, temperature management or thermal management in the battery system, the inverters, the charging system, uh, the uh, electric drive motors, uh, and keeping all of that operating at the correct temperatures um, is uh, even more important now, uh, especially with things such as range anxiety. Um, and as uh, Dr. Fish was mentioning a little bit ago, size of batteries, um, if there's anything you can do that improves the range of the vehicle, uh, that's always viewed favorably uh, by the vehicle manufacturer as well as the user. And quite often the uh, you know, proper temperature control within the hardware um, can not only extend the, uh, the, the driving range of the vehicle between charges, uh, but can also be used to enhance the uh, charging time uh, of the vehicle when that time uh, arises. So there's um, a few examples of some different performance requirements for a lubricant in an electrified application compared to a conventional. If you look at the uh, greasers, so as Scott mentioned earlier, the um, Conductivity may be important. So for an electric drive motor that's uh, outside the transmission, so plugging in, that's probably gonna be grease lubricated. And typically with those, you have different speeds, requirements. Um, the more 
speed you have from an electric motor, the more efficient it is. And so you've got to then take that high speed input, reduce it in, in with the gearbox. And so you're going to need uh, maybe special greasers for the, for the electric drive motor bearings. Typically, an electric motor is running around 3,000 or 3,600, depending on the electricity coming in. And it may be that for a drive motor, that it speeds up to 12, 15, or maybe 18,000 RPM. And that's going to need uh, special greasers. The temperature will range will need to be higher as well because of all the energy and the heat flow. And then there's the question of conductivity. That's also important for the greasers used. Also, uh, with wheel bearings, there's been a migration from bearings to hub units. And so to try and get energy efficiency on the hub units is important because, again, that affects range. So they're the big areas um, that uh, you're going to see changes on the grease. The other thing is with the change in voltages from traditional 12 volt to 24 to 48, there's greases used in electric contact switches, and it's likely that those greases will change uh, to make sure they still perform the required electrical properties in the newer, uh, different voltage system. And so has the shift toward electrification brought about any new challenges for lubricant development? And um, if so, how might those be overcome? Yeah, so there are some uh, some interesting challenges uh, that come with lubricant development uh, in the electrified uh, space. And some of that comes simply from uh, the unknowns. It's a new area, not only a new area for some of the lubricant developments, but a new area for the hardware developments as well. And we, we find quite often uh, that OEMs are still you know, learning what sorts of uh, performance requirements uh, they'll need uh, for these new applications. And I mentioned conductivity uh, a little bit uh, earlier. Uh, and to me, when I reflect back upon the last, oh, maybe five or 10 years of lubricant development, uh, specifically charged at electrified applications, uh, conductivity is a good example of a performance parameter whose requirements have kind of ebbed and flowed over time. So in the beginning, um, there was a feeling of um, lower conductivity must be better. Um, but then it kind of evolved to, well, you don't want it too low because that could cause some challenges as well. So it was finding that right conductivity. So you went through that period of trying to answer the unknown uh, because it, it, it was something new. Mm -hmm. um, there's also some challenges with uh, just having access to the hardware. Um, so a lot of this uh, hardware, if you look at some of the e-axles that are being developed, uh, they're new and they're prototypes. And even at the OEMs where they're developing the hardware, you know, they're custom made. Uh, for some of their development purposes. So as a lubricant developer, if you wanna get one of these e-axles and put it into your test laboratory, um, sometimes that can be uh, uh, challenging to do. Uh, so you make use of uh, screen tools and bench tests, uh, which you've traditionally used in the past, but trying to apply those uh, into these new uh, hardware configurations uh, creates a uh, new challenge or an opportunity. <laughs> Um, and even the evolution of some of the test methods. So we mentioned uh, the copper and the compatibility. So maybe in the past, you might have done some uh, copper compatibility testing by taking a, a piece of copper and uh, submerging it in a fluid for a period of time at an elevated temperature to see uh, what types of reactions and compatibility uh, uh, re uh, performance uh, there might be. Where now uh, the, uh, you, you see the need to create new uh, test methods, which are more applicable to the application. 
So maybe instead of a copper strip, you're using some copper wires and you're winding it in the form of a spool, almost like a solenoid. And you're energizing those wires while you put them in the fluid uh, for the evaluation. Um, so there's a lot of activity uh, at the moment trying to evolve, either evolve existing test methods to make them more applicable to an electrified transmission, or in a lot of cases, uh, create new uh, bespoke test methods, uh, uh, again, that are uh, applicable to the electrified uh, application. And another fun challenge uh, when it comes into uh, long-term uh, durability testing, because on the conventional automotive side, one of the common ways uh, to, to, to really prove out durability is through uh, field testing. Uh, so maybe you have a, a fluid, whether it's an engine oil or transmission fluid, and maybe you uh, put some of those fluids into a truck fleet and let the trucks uh, drive around the country and accumulate miles. And after 100,000 miles, uh, you, know, you inspect the vehicle uh, you know, for performance. So it raises a question as to how do you do that with an electrified vehicle? Assuming you had one, um, you know, how would you accumulate lots and lots of miles in a very short period of time under strenuous conditions uh, to prove out the performance uh, of that fluid hardware system? Um, because, you know, we, we, we hear quite a bit in the media and some of the challenges of electrification in general of, you know, access to charging, how long it takes to recharge a vehicle. So if in the past you might have operated a vehicle maybe 20 hours a day, maybe a team of drivers with a short break, uh, for the vehicle at some point, maybe you got 20 hours of driving during a day. Uh, you can't do the same thing on an electric vehicle because uh, somewhere in there, you need to take time out to, to recharge it. So it extends the, the, the time involved in doing uh, field testing. So that's, that's kind of an interesting challenge that you don't always think about in a laboratory, uh, but when you try to take the hardware uh, out into the field and do real world uh, proof of performance and validation testing, uh, some of those uh, logistical realities uh, uh, need to get solved. One, one of the other things that's been seen is that with the uh, variable speed electric motors, which are uh, used for the transmission, um, the controllers there introduce um, stray currents because of the rotating magnetic field. You can get stray currents building up on the shaft. Now, if in a static electric motor, this also happens, but by proper grounding and the use of Aegis rings and things like that, you can dissipate the current away. But on a vehicle, you can't ground it. And so there has to be somewhere for the current to go. And it could either move through the lubricant uh, safely, or it could discharge in a form of a spark. And that could burn holes in the raceways of the transmission bearing, which is not a good thing. Or it could move through the surfaces and induce uh, softening of the steels used in the bearings for the electric motor drive and that too will uh, induce failure so you've got a different failure mode for the electric motor bearings is it through sparking or is it through uh, uh, ohmic currents and you need to understand that as well when designing the grease and designing the hardware system you can transmit it away but it may still then discharge through other component systems, such as steering and wheel bearings. And so how do you guys maybe foresee lubricants and creases, um, either just their use or their role in vehicles and equipment evolving in the coming years as electrification and hybridization continues to increase? Yeah, so depending on how you define the role of the lubricants or the grease uh, in the application, 
Mm-hmm. Um, an argument can be made that the role uh, really doesn't change so much. So by that, um, when I think of uh, lubricants and their role, um, I think you know that the lubricant for years, you know, throughout the the history of uh, you know automotive, um, one of its key roles is to enhance uh, the performance of the hardware, uh, perhaps enable some of the key features within that hardware, and ensure that it performs as designed, like new, for years to come throughout the useful life um, of that equipment. And the more re- the more uh, the more the lubricant can protect the equipment, the more reliable it is. Uh, it's uptime uh, increases. Um, you know, anything you can do to avoid uh, maintenance uh, on the vehicle, you know, enhances the utilization uh, of that vehicle. And from that perspective, the role of the lubricant uh, would be this would be very similar in an electrified uh, application. Um, uh, because at the end of the day, you, you want that. Uh, electrified vehicle to you know have have good uptime, good utilization, perform properly, and have extended life. Um, uh, now, how you accomplish that in the electrified transmission could be a little bit different, um, as for some of the reasons that we've discussed already. Um, but that that fundamental role uh, that you know, which is why you want to be using higher performing lubricants uh, whenever you can to extend that useful life of the vehicle and make it work uh, the best it can. Uh, from that perspective, its role uh, is is very similar, and then it's up to the OEMs, you know, in 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 you know, developing their their vehicles and how they're going to, you know, create their maintenance programs and promote their total cost of ownership to incorporate, um, you know, things like oil drain intervals and all that type of stuff uh, into their total uh, vehicle operation equation. One of the things we're also seeing is in uh, extended warranty. So in passenger vehicles, warranties are increasing. And in heavy duty vehicles, the warranty is increasing. And so there's a need to increase the amount of antioxidants and anti-wear additives in the greases used in key componentry to prevent wear and oxidative degradation of the lubricant. So it will last uh, more than the warranty. And that's being seen um, compared to, say, you know, passenger cars where uh, the majority of the greases used on the vehicle are going to be the same, except where it influences range. And I think it's the same will be true of uh, heavy-duty use as well. So extended warranty, improved wear performance, improved oxidation resistance, and it's all be moving the same for both vehicles. But in the short term, um, I don't think there will be very many changes. Well, thank you so much to both of you for uh, speaking with me today and providing some insight into how electrification and hybridization are impacting lubricants uh, and uses. You're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of OEM Industry Update. Thank you again to Scott and Gareth for providing their insights into the changes hybrid and electric vehicles are bringing to lubricants for heavy-duty equipment. And be sure to tune in each week for another episode to stay up-to-date on our ever-changing industry.